I think I could say confidently that there will be several diets begun this week, perhaps some new exercise programs, maybe something along the lines of uh, financial planning, you know, got to start saving some money, maybe. reason I think I can speak confidently about that is, of course, this week is the beginning of a new year on Wednesday, January 1st, and we always set goals and priorities. We try to establish maybe some New Year's resolutions, some things that we want to do differently in the new year. That's good, of course, always. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's very appropriate and helpful to sort of see a new beginning and seize upon it. Now, with that in mind, let me ask how many of you, although I think, I think many of you have likely thought about those kind of goals, how many of you have thought about establishing certain goals spiritually for the new year? Uh, Have you thought about maybe some things that you want to change, some things to do differently, some new challenges of things that you want to try to accomplish in the new year? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that at all? You may have thought about the physical resolutions of a new year, goals that you set. Have you thought about your spiritual life? Jesus said in Matthew 6:33, "Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven." And surely when he said that, he told us that our spiritual goals ought to be our most important consideration, and yet I'm afraid sometimes we don't do that. Even the apostle Paul knew that he needed to keep his spiritual priorities in order. You remember the famous statement Philippians 3 beginning verse 13, "Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You think the Apostle Paul set some goals for himself? Kept in mind the things that he was trying to achieve? I think surely that he did. Now, with all of that in mind, I hope you agree with me that it is a worthy thing to consider spiritual goals when we have sort of a time of introspection like a new year. And so I want to suggest some possibilities to you, some things that we all ought to consider, areas where we can make improvements and we ought to commit ourselves to improve, make 2014, I couldn't hardly say it, we want to make 2014 a good year in our service to the Lord. So let me suggest some spiritual goals for you. Before we get to that, stop to just say thank you for everyone who's present. We've still got a lot of people out of town, we've got a lot of people sick. Uh, our numbers are pretty low today, really, for this last Sunday of 2013. But we're glad that you're here. It's a beautiful day outside, and we're grateful to be able to be together and draw encouragement from one another. Thank you all for being here. We appreciate you very much. Let's talk about these spiritual goals for the new year. What could we do better? In what areas could we stand and increase? Well, one area that would be easy for us all to commit to is more Bible study. More Bible study. That'd certainly be appropriate. We need to commit ourselves to take advantage of every opportunity we have uh, to to become better students of the Word of God. Let me stop here just for a minute to talk about the Bible reading program that we have been doing now. I think this is the 13th year, isn't it, Arthur? Coming up? 13th 13th year coming up that we've been doing a Bible reading calendar. And I'm sure that not all of you have been able to take advantage of that past or have made yourselves uh, participants in that activity. We're not saying that's the only way you can study your Bible, the only way that you can read through your Bible. But I think it's a very good program. In the bulletin today, take time when you have a chance to read 
the little article I wrote uh, about how much time it takes to read through the Bible in a year. If you were to read every day of the coming year, you could read through the Bible in about 12 minutes a day. If you follow our reading schedule, which just has five days of reading out of every week, it takes a little less than 17 minutes a day. That's for an average speed reader. So less than 20 minutes, let's say that at least, for less than 20 minutes a day, you can read through the whole Bible. Think of the exposure you'll, you'll get to the Word of God, the familiarity that you'll gain with the Scriptures. If you would just invest, that's a simple goal. I'll tell you, that's a pretty simple goal to set. Where could you spend 20 minutes better? I'm going to watch TV. Oh, well, wait a minute. Read my Bible would be better to watch TV, wouldn't it? Uh, I'm going to surf the Internet. Well, wait a minute. Reading the Bible would be better than surfing the Internet, wouldn't it? There's just so much wasted time in our daily schedule. I know we're busy. We're all busy. But we got a lot of wasted time. Could you invest 20 minutes of your time to read through the Bible, to be a better Bible student at the end of 2014? Again, I'm not suggesting that's the only way to study the Bible for sure. And there are even more opportunities presented to you here in the local congregation to be studying your Bible try to use them. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Notice the word study there, and some will point out to us quickly that the word study there is more accurately translated in a version like the New American Standard Version that says, be diligent. So, we are to be diligent, but notice it says, rightly dividing or handling aright the word of God. Part of the diligence of a, a good workman is that he is able to rightly divide or handle correctly the Word of God. And that would involve study, would it not? And so certainly we need to be good students of the Word. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, verse 13, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed to thyself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. It's usually pointed out, when Paul spoke to Timothy about giving attendance to reading, he probably was talking about the public reading of Scriptures. Just think about a day like back then, when not everybody had a Bible. There weren't a lot of copies, and any that were were handwritten copies. What a blessed time we live in to have multiple printed versions of the Bible at our disposal almost any time. What happens when we attend to reading? Well... It profits us, and it puts us in a position to be able to help others as well. We need to be good students of the Word. We need to spend time in Bible study. Let's commit ourselves to do that as the new year rolls around. We need increased holiness. We need to commit ourselves to more holiness. And I want to be specific about that. Certainly, we live in a society that is becoming more and more corrupt. And I think that you would have to agree with me that the influence of our wicked society is surely showing among Christians. I mean, if you stop to think about it, even yourself, things that would have really offended you maybe 10 or 15 years ago, now we've sort of grown callous to it because we've been exposed to it so frequently, we're not even shocked when we see some of the horrible, immoral, ungodly things that are taking place in, in our world. We need to make sure that we maintain strict holiness. One of the ways that we do that, certainly, is we've got to control our thoughts. A lot of, there's a lot of different avenues that Satan has for presenting unwholesome thoughts to our mind. And we think, 
quickly. We think of TV uh, and the Internet, and we think about the movies. If we allow that kind of stuff, I, I, don't, I don't do that stuff, but I watch it on TV. I don't do that stuff, but I go to movies that depict it. I don't do that stuff, but I'm constantly looking up, looking that kind of stuff up on the Internet and finding out about all the perversions that are taking place in this modern world. You know what happens? When I spend time thinking about those things, then they begin to impact not only my mind, but my actions. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You think about that, you will begin to do that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We need to control our thoughts. We need to be in charge of our thoughts. And we need to keep from thinking on evil things. Of course, uh, Jesus, you remember, in Matthew 5, verse 6, said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Only those who are pure in heart are going to see God. We've got to control our thoughts. Let's be holy people in the new year. I want to challenge you, and it may be, that lots of us need to, to make specific adjustments as to how we are letting the TV be used in our houses, how we are letting the Internet be accessed in our houses, what kind of movies we are going to see. Prioritize here. Make a goal and say, I, I watched such and such a show, and it's a bad show. They're saying bad things. They're doing bad things. I'm never going to watch that show again. Can you do that? Can you make a goal like that? Can you make a goal about the type or rating of movies that you go to see? I'm concerned sometimes. Well, lots of times I'm concerned when I hear Christians describing the movies that they've gone to see, and I, I can do a quick check and find out that movie is R-rated or that movie is PG-13 rated. Of course, PG-13 movies today are the R-rated movies from 10 years ago. Why are we watching that stuff? Are we controlling our thoughts? Are we determined to maintain holiness before God? Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. But I let my mind run in these gutters? No, that doesn't work, does it? So in the new year, I want to challenge you. I'm, I'm, make a goal. Can you make a goal about controlling your thoughts? And then, of course, you've got to make specific goals about resisting sin and temptation. You don't go to where they are. You stay away from areas where you know that you are weak. Paul promised in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. We need to look for the way of escape. It can be done. We've got to keep away from sin and temptation. Peter wrote, 1 Peter 3, verse 10, He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue. It's King James' word, eschew evil. You're supposed to eschew evil. What does that mean anyway? Well, it means to shun, to avoid, to disdain all forms of evil. I want to tell you, when I'm watching TV and I'm, taking entertainment from watching the horrible stuff they talk about and do? When I go to the movies and I pay my money to watch them do the perverted things they do in the movies? When I look at the Internet and I scan through things that are just horrible and I'm taking satisfaction in seeing it, am I eschewing evil when I do that? Not at all. And so we need to eschew evil. 
shun it, avoid it at all costs. We need to maintain holiness. Let me go quicker. We need to pray. There's great. We have great power in prayer. We need to use it. You want some sort of real, tangible thing that will make your life better? Commit yourself to spend more time in prayer in the new year. That means set aside some specific time. Do not start the day without prayer. Can you, can you set aside a few minutes before you get busy with everything else you're going to do in a given day? Can you set aside some time for prayer? Don't start the day without prayer. Don't end the day without prayer. And pray lots of times in between, too. we got a great avenue of prayer. There's a, there's a tangible way you can make the next year better if you spend more time in prayer. Philippians 4, verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Of course, very familiar, simple expression. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Pray without ceasing. Never cease to be a praying person. We need to spend more time in prayer. There's a worthy goal. Can you commit to that? How about in the new year... Commit yourself to have a greater appreciation for God's blessings. Uh, one thing, of course, that comes to mind is simple gratitude. We, we need to be more grateful and spend time counting our blessings, so to speak. The advantage of that is that as we stop and regularly remind ourselves of all that God has done for us, that affects our relationship. You ever had somebody give you a very generous gift? And thereafter, your relationship with that person was forever changed and you felt a closer bond to them and you were much more inclined to help them when they needed something because they had shown you that generosity and giving you a gift. Well, yeah, we've all been there. That being the case, think about all that God has given to us. And if we spend time gratefully remembering the blessings of God, it will cause us to want to be more uh, attuned to his desires for our lives. First Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We need to be grateful. Be more grateful. Count your blessings more in this coming year. And having done so then, realize how richly blessed we are. Be content. I think one of the greatest problems we have, uh, at least in regards to some of the uh, frustrations and unhappinesses we experience is that we're just not content with what we have. Philippians 4, verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul said he was content. And he had a lot of hardships, but he was content because he, he was grateful for the relationship he had in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus warned, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Let's be a more content people in the new year as we consider all the blessings that God has given us. Let me suggest to you that we need to have a greater love for the lost in the new year. I'm sure you agree with me if I say we need to be more like Jesus. Well, what, what is a direct way that we could be more like Jesus? Well, there's one of the very obvious things about Jesus was his love for the lost and, and his desire to see the lost be saved. And therefore, we'd be more like Jesus if we have more love for the lost. Now, this has got to be more than just lip service. If I, if I went throughout the assembly this morning and asked everyone here, do you love the lost? Are you concerned for the lost? 
I sure hope that we would all say, yes, of course, definitely. Well, what are we doing about that? If we have greater love for the lost, then it ought to motivate us to do more to reach the lost, and we need to do so. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus said, The Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Want to be like our Lord? What was his mission? To seek and save the lost. James chapter 5, verse 20, Let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, shall hide a multitude of sins. We ought to be seeking to save a soul from death. Can we make that a goal for the new year? Well, yeah. Wouldn't that be a worthy thing to do? Now, let me challenge you here. Not just in the broad generality, I want to I want to do something to save the lost. Uh, that that never gets us the, to to real action. Could you do this for the new year? Say, old so and so that I work with on the job, I'm going to target that guy, and I'm going to do my very best to see if if I can't get him to know and obey the truth before year's end, or my neighbor. Or that family member of mine who's not a true Christian. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a specific goal to reach that person. If we start out at the start of the year with specific individuals in mind that we're gonna, that we're gonna, and I don't wanna use the word target in a bad way, we're gonna target them. We're gonna work on them. We're gonna go after that person. I think we'll be a lot more effective. And we need to have that love for the lost. Will you target some one or some ones in your sphere of influence, I'm going to try to reach that individual with the gospel this year. We'll do better if we get more specific along those lines. Set those kinds of, of real goals. Well, we need to love the lost. And I'll tell you, we certainly need to love our brethren as well. And we, here, Here's an area where we can work to improve that. Um, we need to show increased love for our brethren. Lots of ways to show it. But it all starts with me being less concerned about myself. You know, the, the reason why I don't show love for my brethren as effectively as I should is because, typically speaking, the problem is my own selfishness. I'm too selfish. I'm too concerned about self. If I'm less concerned about self, I'll be, you know, be able to have greater love for my brethren. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul said, I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Our problem is we think too much of self, isn't it? Think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. We need to humbly and unselfishly think about others. We need to have more of a servant's heart. In the familiar text that Yancey read for us from John chapter 13, we won't take time to read all of that again, but remember, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He was not there, by the way, establishing a new religious ceremony. This was not some ceremonial act that, as some of our religious friends think, we should engage in ceremonial foot washings. No. Jesus was teaching them that they should do as he had done. Notice, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus humbly served his disciples by washing their feet. And he's simply setting an example for us that we should humbly serve others. We need to have more of a spirit's, uh, servant's spirit about us. Uh, it, it's not what's been done for me lately. It's what have I done for others lately. We need to be thinking about others uh, less concerned for self, more of a servant's heart as we love our brethren. 
I would challenge us all that we can do a better job in sharing hospitality with one another. I'm concerned that I think a lot of Christians believe that this is an optional thing or something that certain individuals can and should do, but it's not for me. I don't read that in the Scriptures. When I read it, verses like Romans 12, beginning verse 10, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. How do I show that? Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Or 1 Peter 4, verse 9, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. I think a great way that we can show our love for the brethren is engaging in hospitality. How about making that a goal? And say, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to set this goal for the new year that at least this many times I'm going to try to have some, uh, someone into my home to share hospitality with them and try to develop a closer bond of brotherly love with these individuals. That's worthy. That's a worthy goal. And I just wonder how many of us will accept that challenge in doing that. We need greater generosity, uh, for sure. Uh, when we think about generosity, in, in, in almost anything, being generous involves, first of all, committing yourself to what you want to give to. And we're reminded of the uh, Christians in Macedonia that Paul commended, 2 Corinthians 8, beginning verse 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. We've got to, we've got to give ourselves. And when we have given ourselves, then it's easy to give of our stuff. A um, couple manifestations. There's lots of ways this could be manifested. One of the manifestations of this giving yourself to the Lord would be on our first day of the week contributions. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. I want to challenge you all to think about your giving financially to the Lord's church. Can you do better? Uh, my guess is we can and, and should. If we've given ourselves to the Lord, then we want to see his cause promoted. Um, I'm sure the elders will have more to say to us uh, in coming weeks about goals for the new year and so forth and, and some of the things that they want to see us achieve as a local congregation. I believe we're sort of at a threshold. I'll leave them to say more about that, but I believe we're sort of at a threshold where we're going to get some things behind us financially that will allow us to do more things financially in the future, but that's going to depend upon that we can do more and more. I'm just We can do more if we give more. And so... What about a challenge for the new year to be more generous in your financial giving? And then, of course, we need to be individually uh, thinking about how we can be of a help to others in need. Galatians 6, verse 10, As we have therefore opportunity to let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Uh, we've said some about this recently, and I hope we can talk more about it as, as the new year unfolds. But... Be thinking about ways that you can be a more benevolent individual. I don't think we talk enough about that. I don't think we do enough about that. The Scriptures certainly talk a lot about being attuned to the needs of others, not just fellow Christians, although there's a priority there. I think Galatians 6.10 states the priority, being, being attuned to the needs of our own brethren. But there are a lot of people hurting who could use our assistance, and I don't think we do a very good job of focusing on that and making a priority of that. So let me challenge you for the new year to think about how you could be generous toward the needs of people around you.
and look for opportunities to be able to do good. Uh, wouldn't it be terrible to think that on the day of judgment, the reason I missed the goal of heaven was because I had turned a blind eye toward the needs of legitimate, needy people around me. Uh, I wouldn't want that to be the case. Let's, let's be more generous. Quickly, let's talk about urgency. Let's see if we can, in the new year, develop a greater sense of urgency about doing the work of God. Something weird happened at our house uh, recently. Went upstairs to one of the upstairs bedrooms that we seldom go to anymore since the kids have moved out of the house. And something had shattered one of the windows. And uh, it, was, it was all shattered, but the glass hadn't fallen out. But then that night, a week or so ago, when the wind blew so hard, it started blowing the pieces of glass out of the window. I'll tell you, that was on my mind. I've got to get that window fixed. I have got to fix that. Well, you can't just leave a broken window for crying out loud. You've got to fix that window. There was urgency about it. Now, it didn't get out of my mind until I got a new window in there. Urgency. Something on your mind. It's got to be done. It can't be put off. Urgency. Well, what about urgency for the Lord's work? We need to have a greater urgency there. It is so important. It needs to be on our mind. We want to get more done for God. John 9, verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus said, there's just a, a window of opportunity here. I've got to get this done now. I won't be able to do it forever. We need to have that attitude. James 4, verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We're not here for long. Uh, let's get the work done. Let's get busy. Let's feel an urgency. Could I, ur- could I encourage you in 2014 to feel a greater urgency about this work? Oh, there's lots of things to do. There's lots of things calling on our attention. Uh, many things that demand our effort. But this, the serving the Lord. Let's feel urgent about getting that done. Certainly keep focused on the goal of heaven. Uh, I, I think that there are so many things that distract us in the modern world. Uh, here's something we can definitely concrete, real, hands-on thing. Spend some time constantly thinking about heaven and the goal of heaven. Uh, the other things we're doing here, that's not going to last. Only going to heaven ultimately matters. Second Corinthians 4, verse 17, beginning, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worked for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which, were, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. These things are temporal, temporary. Heaven is forever. Romans 8.18, Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Stay focused on heaven. And finally, let me suggest to you to trust in God and His promises. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, that's what we do too often, isn't it? We, we lean on our own understanding. You know, what makes sense to us or how it ought to be in our opinion. We need to trust the Lord. Put Him first. Do His things His way. If we'll commit ourselves to that in the new year, the new year will be a better year for us. Uh, it's a matter of trust. His way works in our lives. The reason he spelled out his instructions is because he knows what's in our best interest. 
He knows what works best. He made us. Trust Him. Trust His ways. Do His work His way. Live for Him every day. And in the end of 2014, we'll be better people for it. We'll be happier, more satisfied, more fulfilled, more the kind of people God wants us to be. Set some goals for yourself. I've given you some suggestions. I'm going to try to apply these things to myself as well. Uh, let's set some real positive goals for the new year as to how we can be better, more effective in serving our Lord. Thanks for your good attention to what we've had to say. I'm going to end with a song of invitation. If you're not a Christian yet, that has to be the first step in the process, right? Nothing else that we've talked about matters at all if you don't make that first step of obeying the gospel to become a child of God. Upon hearing the truth, believe it. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Jesus. Be baptized for the remission of sins. If you've never done that, we hope you make that decision without delay. We'd be glad to assist you. We'd also be glad to study with you more. If you are a Christian already, but you realize this, this last year hadn't been so good. As a Christian, I haven't done so well in this past year, maybe. Well, commit yourself to put that behind. Repent of those things that were amiss and commit yourself to do better. Pray for God's forgiveness. If we can help you, uh, we'd be ready to assist you in prayers as well. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand. It's the grandest thing through the ages. It's the grandest